All right, everyone, why don't we kick it off with the Beatles? Helter Skelter, Helter Skelter, please. <laughs> I was thinking, here comes the... I stay out too late. Got nothing in my brain. Yes. That's what people say. Mm-hmm. That's what people say. Mm-hmm. I go on too many dates. But I can't make them stay. At least that's what people say. Mm-hmm. That's what people say. Mm-hmm. But I keep cruising. Can't stop, won't stop moving. It's like I got this music in my mind saying it's gonna be alright. Cause a player's gonna play, play. He's doing this because I made him dig his bills. He's gonna hate, 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 hate. Dr. London? I'm just gonna shake, 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 shake. Shake it off, shake it off. I never miss a beat. I'm lightning on my feet. And that's what they don't see. That's what they don't see. I'm dancing on my own. I make the moves up as I go. And that's what they don't know. That's what they don't know. Hey, Penny, good luck getting that out of your head. <laughs> Do you think that Jason really can't sing, or is this just performance? I'm pretty sure I remember him saying that he cannot sing, but I could <laughs> be wrong. He's probably just being modest, to be honest. He was, well, I, he was on Broadway, though, but he didn't sing? I mean, there's plenty of, I mean, like, Proof is a Broadway show where there's no singing, and there's plenty of those. Um, anyway, welcome everyone to Physical Kids Weekly, episode 104, The World and the Walls. I'm Clara. And I'm Danny. And we're back to finish up the <laughs> episodes from season one of The Magicians. Uh, I don't know about you, Danny. This is one of my favorite episodes from the first season. It was, I think, the, the first like really, really big departure from the books. Um, which is a pretty big risk, and it paid off for me. Um, I don't know. What did you think? I really didn't like it at first. And then really? I think I grew to like it after watching it several, several times. So tell me why you didn't like it. I don't know why I don't like it. Like, I, I'm not a big fan of, like, one-off episodes. Hmm. So, like, general-type episodes. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of those, usually. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. Um, I think, like, this is one of the ones that, like, everyone is always saying that they like, so, uh, I, I don't know, I'm curious, I, I hope we get to hear more about the things that you didn't like about it. Um, so, maybe we can just start getting into the episode first. What were the big things that stood out to you? Probably, of course, the musical number, uh, <laughs> that we just listened to. Yeah. Um, I really love... Like, it's kind of like the first episode where Penny goes out of his way for Quentin. And yeah, I like that. Um, what else? Elliot, both Elliot and Alice are hilarious. In oh my god, I love, I love them. I love crazy Elliot and crazy Alice. They're, they're both just like so, you know, it's funny because we, you know, um, we just finished up season two. We just finished watching season two. Um, and I guess I should avoid spoilers in here, but um, we saw a lot of different sides of Alice and a lot of different ways that Olivia can act. Um, and when I went back and I looked at this, uh, I thought about all of those different things that we had seen 
that we'd seen from Alice in season two. And this is still different from all of those. It really, I mean, she has, Olivia has amazing range. Yeah. Oh, it's the first, like, I feel like the scene between, some of the scenes between Elliot and Quentin are like the first real glimpse of, um, Quelliot. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I think there's that like one, is it in the second episode where, where there's that moment? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, where where uh, Quentin thinks he's gonna get kicked out, and then uh, Elliot like basically creates this giant head cannon for him about this like fantasy world in yeah. which uh, he seduces him. But this is definitely continuing that, and I think I think it was nice to see for me that that wasn't gonna be a one off. That they're actually gonna play into the 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 Quelliot hand. They're double down like- on Quelliot. I feel like they did a lot during the first season and then the second season, like we only really got them in a room together like twice. So it's really sad. Yeah. I mean, those were really good moments. Um, everything in that, in, yeah, I mean, there's, there are really good quality moments in the second season, but it's, it's different. It feels like the second season is, is more about their friendship. Um, Mm -hmm. and the sort of kinship that they have in the first season, we get a lot of, a lot of things like this, a lot of, what was it? Uh, me three, one of the things that yeah. <laughs> Elliot shouts out. Well, one of my favorite incorrect break bills quotes, if you remember that <laughs> Tumblr, yeah. uh, was the one where Alice is just like, this is my boyfriend, Quentin, and his boyfriend, oh, yeah. Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that that basically, like, that's basically that entire scene is, like, Alice, crazy Alice, like, talking about her her weird, like, alien plot from um, from Star Trek. And then uh, saying like, "Oh, I'll still mate with you," and and Elliot being like, "Me too," or "Me three, me three. <laughs> I think I think what makes that quote even better is that like I think in the books when they like are, are all move, like living in New York, like she's basically says that about Elliot. She's like, "Is Elliot gonna be there? Elliot's always there." <laughs> like <laughs> she knows who to be jealous of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, think she was like even something like she never expected to have to be jealous of uh janet but like totally expected elliot oh god i have to go back and read i guess uh i mean means you that anyways because the there's the reddit reading group that's going on right now so i should go back and do that yeah i don't know if i'll reread it i might partake though in some of the <laughs> yeah, discussion, discussion anyways <laughs> when you've read them enough times, it doesn't really matter I've, that much. I reread the first one semi recently. That's why I really am stoked to reread the third one, though. So I, it's <laughs> I've only too. read that one twice, so that, oh, really? to me, that's like not a lot. I feel yeah. like I've read that one more than I've read any of the others. It's my favorite. But I've I've reread the first one so many times. I've more like reread pieces of it several yeah. times. It's like I'll go back and read it, and then I'll just start reading it again um after just like reading a scene or but the first one I reread because of the first season once I read it before the first season ended I mean started and then I reread it again after it ended so hey um actually we had we had a one of one of the fans of the show had asked to hear more about us and our relationship with the book so I think this is a good time to ask you um what are your favorite parts of the books oh gosh that's a hard question (laughs) I love so many parts of the books. Like, I just adore the books. Um, I really like the, like, for the first one, I I really like um, just the physical kid's relationship and just, like, how it's talked about and then, like, how it kind of subsequently falls apart once they get to Fillory. Uh, And I love... um, 
I, I just feel like there's a lot of payoff in the book. You get, like, they they don't go to Fillory until after they've graduated break bill. So you really get to know the, the characters and what what's really at stake for them by yeah. going to Fillory. Like, like, they all kind of see Fillory as, like, something that might save them. And it kind of does for Elliot, but definitely it's not quite like that for Quentin, which is sad because it's not what he wanted it to be. Yeah, yeah. I love when when we talked to Love, he was talking about how like the the shows really eat plot, um, and and the books really don't do that. And I, I agree with you that one of the things I really like about the one of the things I really love about the books is um, they, they they're very atmospheric to me. They're very um, they're very much you, you get a really strong sense of place but also just like uh, uh, of the world they're in and like the parts not just the fillery parts of the world that are built from scratch but also break bills and uh even just places like you said like the cottage there's uh, a really brideshead-y feel to the first book that um I think we got a tiny tiny bit of it in the first season but not so much but but really, just like in I mean, in the first couple episodes, it it goes away pretty quickly. Um, yeah. What else? What else are the the um, big things for you in the books? I love Quentin's white hair. Um, oh yeah. I feel like it's hard. It's like I'm I've gotten to the point where I'm so used to to Quentin that I sometimes forget about his white hair. Um, I love just the relationship, just the relationship building that happens like. Julia comes back and then you really get to know her. And a lot of the things I have to tell people when they're watching the show and like they're interested in reading the books, I'm just like, well, just so you know, Julia doesn't really show up till book two because that is her story. Yeah. Um, And I, I tell them that book two is very similar to like the way the show works where it's like the dual, like split, like protagonist, like they're both protagonists. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I I loved meeting Julia, but I, I kind of miss super goth Julia. I agree with you. I miss a lot of Julia's journey. And I was thinking about recently, I don't just, I miss that part. I miss the, like, her, her sort of descent into um, obsession. But- I also don't like that everyone, a lot of people think that Julia just suffers from PTSD, but she does also have depression like Quentin. It's just oh, yeah. not on a massive scale as Quentin, like maybe like more like a seasonal affective disorder type. Well, depression. and that's right. Like there, there's a lot of that in the second book where, um, where it talks about how, uh, it, 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 she's always just been high functioning, right? So like people ignore her because she's a good girl and because she does the right things. And she knows that she's always had this like darkness about her, but um, everyone has ignored it and she's ignored it up until that point in time. Um, yeah. And I like the, the whole, like she became two Julia's kind of like, yeah. Split, like it's like she split down the middle. Um, I, did, I love Julia's journey, just the way she finds the free traders, um, how she, like, kind of meets them, but then, like, falls out and then yeah. goes to the safe houses, how she's, like, the top bitch there. Like, that's, like, I love Marina, but, like, losing her being, like, the top head bitch was just, like, something yeah. that made sad. And also yeah. just, like, all the people she dealt with. Like, I think she's met, like, pixies and, like, different, like, weird creatures. 
Yeah, I agree yeah. with you. And one of the things I was thinking that I, I missed the other day what wasn't from that part of the plot line, but was um, from uh, in the second book after uh, when, when uh, Quentin and Julia are on Earth, there's this scene pretty early on where she like steals a car for them. Oh my God, um, I love that part. Yeah, and it's just, it goes back to that, like, really atmospheric moment. Like, here she is just, like, totally over the edge. She's stolen a convertible. They're having this, like, crazy road trip moment, right? Like, this is, it really is, like, a buddy road trip um, section of the books. Quentin Um, doesn't even know how to drive. I thought that was Right, (laughs) right. He doesn't know how to drive. And she is, like, losing her mind. Uh, And they're on this, like, journey together to try and find uh, a way back into Fillory. And it's just... I love the way that Lev stretches things out. Um, Things like that. Like, I think he has a really good sense of what scenes, what things could be, are just scenes, and what things are are really things that you can you can stretch out and that you can make longer. I like I loved so many like just that whole section though when they're stranded on Earth is so good when they how they meet Poppy they reunite with Josh. Yeah. Um, I miss and Poppy. I, I, and I also <laughs> love just Quentin at first like as soon as like he's starting this quest that he just feels like he's destined to be on. He starts talking about how like, Oh, he thinks him and Julia are going to finally be together. And I love that moment where I love the moments where he starts to realize that, that she's not capable of that and that he wouldn't, that he's not going to try and and go there because he knows that that's not right. I think he starts to realize in the second book too, that, that he doesn't want her so much as he wants the idea of her. Yeah. And that's a big, like, Quentin maturity moment that um, that I really enjoy. I, I I love the, I mean I love the whole voyage, but I think the very end, uh, Quentin's sacrifice towards uh, letting Julia go, and uh, to the other side of Fillory, and him not like basically yeah. accepting the exile it's from Fillory for her is so one of my beautiful. favorite favorite <laughs> yeah. favorite moments ever. The hero pays the price. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's something that I wish they would say in the show is they they don't beat that home as much. I think we could still get it because there's okay. Well, actually, I'm not going to get into that because I don't want to potentially spoil anything yeah. else. <laughs> um, so so okay, of so course, the entirety of book three is like I, I can't pick I moments. I just love the whole damn thing. It's so I beautiful. Know, it's so good. Uh, you you know my favorite moment from book three, which is my favorite <laughs> moment. It's just yeah. I really and everybody everybody who listens to our show knows my favorite moment. I just really love that sunken garden scene. It's like near the end of the third book, so you got to read all three of them to get there. But trust me, it is worth it. It's worth it. <laughs> okay, uh, should we go back to the episode? <laughs> yeah, we should. <laughs> um, so one of the other things that I really like was. Uh, I think we talked to Arjun about this. I don't know if it was in one of our interviews or if he just sort of like brought it up when he was on for the for the for um episode two oh one. But um the scene where where there are both Arjuns. So I I'll play that clip really quickly. I told you keep up with that stupid song and I come right into your brain and rip it out. No, 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 no. Here I am. By the way, this is the most pathetic loser dream ever. Stop, okay? Just stop. Please stop, stop. Please be knowing that dinner will be served in five minutes. And today, we are to be serving chicken curry, which is, of course, my favorite. You racist <laughs> motherfucker. 
Danny started laughing like five seconds before that line out of sheer anticipation. It's beautiful. Um, One of the things I remember is that um, Arjun told us that John and Sarah came to him and were like, how do you want to play this scene? Like, how do you want to do it? And he got to be involved in that. I think that's so great. Um, This is also one of the reasons I love this episode is because it's, it's the, it's one of the first episodes where we really start to see scenes like this, where there are, where the show shows that it is committed to, um, to a lot of the sort of, um, to dealing head on with racism and other social, social justice issues. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Arjun is just so hilarious and the like, you racist mother fucker <laughs> so perfectly i can't deliver it like he can <laughs> it's funny because like there's this like a, a the part in season two where they're like in the flying forest and it's like they kind of have another like racist moment but they kind of laugh it off because they're like friends kind of now. <laughs> well they're also like high as fuck <laughs> they are high as fuck but it was just hilarious yeah, and I mean, I think what you were saying earlier about um, this episode being like one of the first ones where you really get a lot of Penny and um, and Quentin. I yeah, I mean, I wouldn't call it a Penton episode, but there are definite moments that like really show off the connection that they have with each other. Um, I, I really still, like to. Sorry, go ahead. I still really hate that ship name, Penton. Yeah, I really do. <laughs> What would you have? You like Quenny better? Yeah, it's always going to be Quenny. Because <laughs> it, like, it reminds me of Queen, so then it makes it like really kind of like even more gay. Because like, <laughs> Queenie. All right. All right, I can get that. I always, for, for some reason, it reminds me of quinine, which I, I don't remember exactly what it is. I think it's like the, what you give people when they have malaria, maybe? I don't know. It's. <laughs> I've, been, I've been hearing better ship names lately for stuff that I've been shipping. Like, I always called it Qualis, but then I saw Quinn water and I was like, that's way better. Oh yeah. People <laughs> are doing good combinations of like the first la- first name, last name thing. Uh, for the Quentin Julia relation, like friendship. Cause I don't ship them is uh cold wicker. <laughs> cold wicker. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, uh, I really like all those like Penny and, and Quentin moments. I like the moment when, like, right after this, where uh, Penny like hits Quentin, and Quentin go, and Quentin's like, "Hit me harder!" And Penny's like, "What the fuck kind of bullshit are you into?" <laughs> yeah, that part's really funny. I feel yeah. like that's probably what really like sparked that ship. Oh, probably, probably that moment. <laughs> They're we'll like have- weird pseudo BDSM moment. <laughs> we'll have to ask uh, Maddie since he's like the sh- the captain of that ship. Like, what sparked it for him? <laughs> The captain of that ship. I always like that turn of phrase. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So some other things, I mean, maybe we should talk about like the big themes. Um, How did you feel about the way that this episode portrays mental illness? That is, I think, the struggle is that there, it's a very like stereotypical picture of a mental institution. But like at the same Mm. time, I can't like, knock them for it because it's not an actual mental institution. It's just a dream in his head that he's cooked up. Yeah. And it's sort of right. It's his nightmare really. Yeah. So it's like not like supposed to be an accurate portrayal either. Cause it's a nightmare. Um, but I don't know. it was an interesting 
I haven't actually been to a men's soul institution. I've just heard a lot about them because I've known a few people. And they were just like, no, it's pretty inaccurate, but I don't know. I I don't think it does a lot for mental illness in this episode. You know, the one thing that I think it did well was um, it, the way that it sort of handles gaslighting, because that's essentially what the whole episode is. It's It's Julia concocting this, you know, concocting from, like, pieces of Quentin's psyche this nightmare. Um, And then, like, everyone around him, everyone in the nightmare is convinced, is, is, like, refusing to believe that he, he he knows that it's fake, but he starts to lose track of that the more he goes on. And he interacts with Julia, too, and Julia knows it's fake, but she, like, she is actively gaslighting him. She is actively, like, Oh no, you're this has always been this way. I'm getting married to James. Everything is great. Um but I think like that was one thing that I really appreciated was the way that um you see Quentin falling apart and like gradually like he's he's losing his ability to trust his gut. Um and right like that is the real that is the real like psychological horror in this episode is that Julia and Julia is feeding into that. This person who is supposed to be his friend is is really being emotionally abusive um, in these moments with Quentin. Yeah. That's, I think, one thing that I did dislike about the episode is that it, like, it intentionally creates a rift between the two of them. Mm. But I, I get it because it's, like, in the books, like, they have this, like, whole space of time that they're not really talking. And that's kind of, like, what they put in place of them not talking. Yeah, they have to give them a reason not to in the in the show. Yeah, um, because they have the parallel timelines. I also thought it was it was kind of like she totally intentionally made herself like fake engaged to James, like on purpose to like dig at him and his crush on her. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because a lot and of people actually thought that they were leg- they they were actually engaged. I guess like from that point on, in uh, the, like there was people who actually did think that they were and they're, they're not though. Yeah. I miss that actor. I miss uh, the guy who plays James. I <laughs> so. know. I loved the guy who plays James. Well, I've loved him in like, I've seen him in a lot of other stuff. Um, mm. And I've always been really fond of him as an actor. So I was just like really excited to see him in there. And I was just like, Oh, like he's like, I always thought maybe he would like, they would restore his memory at some point. You know, just because it's like it he lost all these friendships, like, for no reason. I guess they just gave up on him just like they did in the book. They're just like, eh. James isn't <laughs> yeah. important. But it's well, also James is so nice in the show and a caring. I know. James James is a true mensch in the show, which is not really how James is in the books. I mean, he was just, like, the guy you lose touch, a, touch with after high school. Well, he was also just like I guess in the books he was like a, a like prototypical good guy, right? Like he doesn't he doesn't want to look at the packets because they're not meant for him, and so uh, the only thing of, that I thought was weird is like that he never tried to like connect with Quentin again. Like I thought that was kind of weird hmm. because it's like he mentions them in the book being lifelong friends that they've all known each other their whole lives. Yeah, so I it's think like that a little does, weird. I think that I mean I think that is a really common thing though when it, when you like go off to college and go somewhere else like once you leave your hometown I think it is pretty common for the friends that you had growing up to still fade away because it's 
Right, like that's the first time that you are with that group of people where you don't have a set of common experiences. And, right, like there's different types of friendships, but there are definitely some friendships which are just about being physically together and doing the same things. Yeah. And that's what forces you to like have that realization about those. I guess I don't have that experience because I've never left my hometown-ish area. So I'm just like, I, I have friends that I'm still friends with and like I was only – like, I've only been friends with them for, like, 10 years, but, like, literally everyone else, I'm just like, eh, I don't know you. Yeah. <laughs> I, having moved around a lot, and, like, I started moving around when I was 14. Is that right? Um, I, I've had that experience a few times. Like, I have a bunch of people who I was really close with at, at various stages who I just, I've lost touch with. And I'm sure they're still cool people, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it just sort of happens. Um. Okay, so, oh, what did you think about Marina in this episode? I mean, it's like I think the first episode where you start to realize she's really not a good person. Yeah, she's a total asshole in this one. Yeah, she is. <laughs> she's I think not it's very just, nice in the one before it, though, if I remember correctly. she She's starting to show it in the one before, um, but this is the one that you're true. definitely like, no. Yeah, well, and this one, it like... It started, I think I remember when I watched this the first time, being shocked by, like, the extent to which she did not give a fuck about anybody else. Yeah. Like, even like, with all her knowledge, she was just like, you know, fuck Julia. For yeah. no reason. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I think she would be that way about anybody. Like, it's pretty clear that no one, even in her inner circle, really fully trusts her. Like, I don't, you know, Pete doesn't trust her. What the fuck happened to Pete, though? That's the real question. <laughs> well, when we get to the next episode, I will ask you what the fuck happened to some other characters, too. But <laughs> 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 there's some, like, there's a lot of stuff that just, uh, there's a lot of characters and a lot of, like, plot arcs from season one that just disappeared and did not come back. I, I can imagine. I know I've picked up on a few yeah. as I've been rewatching, but I'm just like, but really, though, like, Pete was, like, really important for, like, a good five five episodes or so, and then just like gone (laughs) um oh so one thing that I one other thing that I noticed about this episode actually I guess this sort of takes us into fashion so uh were there other things you wanted to mention about the episode as a whole before we move there let's see oh speaking of mental illness touching on it again I do really like the part at the very end where he like gets himself out of the dream and he's like oh yeah He has that, like, monologue with Jane. I really like that. I have that. Do you want me to play it? Yeah, go for it. All right. You sure you want to play? No, I'm not sure of anything. Except I'm tired. So tired. Of? Fighting all the time. Becoming someone that I actually want to be. And then (laughs) realizing that I... (laughs) You have nothing? So you made the hospital. Conjured that terrible thing you never did to your father. Of course you're exhausted. And you can hide from it. All. Forever. In this lovely, quiet, blank void. But you also built a way out. Otherwise, why are he and I here? I think it's like a really good description for what 
what uh, depression feels like. You're always like kind of yeah. making shit up in your head and, and it's tiring. It's exhausting. And sometimes you're just like, you just want to give up, which is like what that's the point that Quentin's at is that he's just not even sure if he wants to, to, to keep going. Yeah. He, I think that, yeah, you're hitting on something that I think is really important, which is um, that like a big part of depression when you really sink into it is just feeling like, Oh my God, it would just be so much easier if I didn't have to, if I didn't have to care, if I didn't have to feel these things, if I didn't have to, get out of bed and go to work and like engage with anybody. It would be just so much easier if I just didn't. Yeah. Um, and you really feel that in this scene. I think one of the other things I like about this monologue is um, his line about um, was something like uh, he got what he wanted. He, um, he, uh, keeps doing these things and then realizing, you know, or he's realizing who he is as a person and then he's realizing that he's nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, That for me really resonates and mirrors some of the lines in the books about, or just maybe the the theme in the book that he really, really wants to be a hero. He has this like hero complex and he always is confronted with the fact that he's not, that he is just an ordinary person. Yeah. So I really liked that one too. I think a lot of people are always laughing at the lines in the in the show where they're always pointing out the fact that he's just very average. <laughs> he's just <laughs> such an average person and I'm just like that's the point. <laughs> I love it. He's like he's like an average person but he also deals with like so much and I think yeah. that's what like I love about him. Yeah. Uh it's just a normal person, like I guess not normal because he's definitely not he's a neurotypical. <laughs> he is smart, um, and he's magic. So smart and he's magic. I don't know. I always resonated with it because, like, with me, I'm like people always tell me that I'm like really smart, um, mm-hmm. so, but sometimes, sometimes I definitely don't feel like I am. Like I deserve to be in things. That's why I don't like exert myself when it comes to education but I think Quentin definitely does (laughs) he does and actually that's one of the things that I really I like in the books too and I think we get we're getting it in the show a little bit but of course we 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 haven't spent as much time at break bills um is that Quentin is looking at everyone around him and it, it seems to him at least that it's effortless for them that like Nobody else has to try, and he has to try. And one of the things that I really like about his ordinariness is he he is ordinary, but he works really hard. And you get to see that this ordinary person who works really hard and keeps at it despite feeling exhausted and despite not always wanting to still finds a way to do really amazing things, really extraordinary things. I mean, his... uh his senior project was so ridiculous. Remember? Oh, was, was he trying to go to the moon? Is that? But him? like, yeah, go to the moon, <laughs> but like only on like spells. Like, I think he was supposed to be like completely naked too or something. Like, yeah, it was like following up. the stuff that happened in break bill South. The, yeah. Like, polar bear expedition. <laughs> yeah. And he does finally do it. I think he does it in the third book. 
Oh, I think I think you might be right. Yeah, he at least talks about or it, it's at least talked about. I can't. Yeah, remember he talks about he how like it. when he goes back to Earth, he does like all these things that he said he was gonna do and yeah, finished doing. <laughs> now that he's like a master magician, finally, he has like a midlife crisis at thirty. <laughs> yeah. He's acting like he's so old. I mean, he looks probably older than everyone else, so that's probably why he feels it. <laughs> he does, because he's got the the white hair. Yeah. Uh, Professor Quentin. I really like Professor Quentin. Oh, there's so much we're missing. It's okay, though. It's good. It's good. The books are still the books still have their own magic. <laughs> I mean, who knows how much we'll get out of it. Maybe we'll like do one of those jump forward in time eventually plots. <laughs> That'd be nice. Um, okay, anything else about this episode? I don't think before so. Before I go to fashion? Okay, so then I do. I actually do have a couple fashion things. Um, first of all, I was just really excited because I noticed I noticed Penny's pendant. I noticed the um, pendant that Arjun was telling us about, the like green jade thing, um, and all the other jewelry that he's wearing. Um, and I'm excited by that because I know that it, right, like, I know that it's important to the plot. I know that, right, like, him wearing that same thing all the time is going to come into play later. And in all of the watches that I've done of all of the episodes, I've never actually, like, caught it before. So I was really excited about that. Um, one of the other things I really liked was that, um... Even though everybody in the mental hospital is 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 dressed like a mental hospital patient in some way, like they're all like in pajamas and robes, they I love still Elliot. yeah, they're still doing it in a way that like reflects their personality. So Elliot is wearing this like elaborate paisley pajama set with this like polka dot, this like royal burgundy polka dotted bathrobe. And his hair is just batshit insane. His hair is batshit insane, which is, it, it's funny because it, I, I actually think that his hair in the mental hospital is closest to his hair in season two. Um, one of the other things I noticed was how, how much shorter Elliot's hair is in this season than it is yeah. in the next season. His hair is really, um, well, not really short, but short. Yeah, it, it's more, it's definitely tidier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. And yeah, and like Alice too, she's wearing like the, she. I, I noticed in the Shake It Off scene that she's wearing like, I think she's wearing a onesie, <laughs> which really fits in with like the whole like Alice is dressed like a little girl type thing. You know what I would love to see? What? Just for shits and giggles is like an alternate timeline episode. Like the whole episode takes place in an alternate timeline, but in that alternate timeline, everyone looks more like how they're supposed to in the book. Yeah, I think that would be I, I think that would be interesting and cool though. It would, would <laughs> Elliot would be a letdown because I think Elliot looks exactly like he looks in the books. Yeah, but like <laughs> I would love to see like you know how they're not allowed to to wear anything other than the uniforms, but like he's gonna be like a dick about it, and then <laughs> I would love to see like Arjun like rocking a mohawk. Oh my god, I that would be amazing. I hope that I hope we can get uh, Penny with a mohawk at some point. Yeah. I don't see I why would, not. I would just love that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, like goth, goth Julia shows up. Oh, I yeah. I would love to see that. Oh, yeah. But if they really wanted to go full goth Julia, doesn't he talk in the books about how, like, she doesn't wash her hair and it gets all stringy? So they would have to make her glorious hair less glorious. Yeah, they would have to make <laughs> her hair less gross for one episode. Yeah. 
Um, the other big fashion thing that I noticed was was uh, just really little touches. Um, so I mean, there's a lot of muted tones in this episode, like not just in the fashion, but like in in the the way it's shot. It's like grays yeah. and uh, really desaturated blues and things like that. Um, and Quentin is wearing like a normal hoodie and pajamas, but I noticed um, this time. And of course it makes total sense because he's in a mental hospital, but I noticed that the hoodie didn't have a string. Yeah. Um, I thought that was just like a really, a really nice touch A really like, it shows the attention to detail that, um, that the costume department and that everybody who's involved with the show really puts into making every little part of the show perfect to like fit together. Yeah. I'm sure that was intentional considering you're not yeah. allowed to have strings and. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, and I don't know, it was just cool to, it was, it was cool when I realized that though I didn't notice, but hmm, actually I bet, um, Elliot's robe didn't have a tie either. I noticed it was always open, but I didn't really pay attention to whether or not it had a, it probably didn't, but it probably didn't. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. I thought it was like, um, I, I thought it was just, just a cool touch, the type of thing that, um, you really see, uh, that really shows off that attention to detail. Yeah. The other things I noticed, well, I noticed what Julia was wearing because she was wearing this like bright blue coat that had like a really big collar and a zipper um, and sort of stood out from what everyone else was wearing because even though it was still kind of muted, it was a really bold color in that muted environment. I think it's like the most bold color she's worn. Yeah. Well, also she looked like happy Julia, right? Like she looked like... She she looked the part of um, the Julia that she was pretending to be in the episode. Yeah, she did. Um, and I thought that was I thought that was really cool too that they like they thought like about the, how she was different. In the first episode, she she wears like a similar outfit. It was just like her coat was only yeah. it was more muted. Her coat was more muted, but like she was wearing like the the the, the, the like Burberry like scarf. And everything. Yeah, I remember the Burberry scarf. Oh God, and her hair in that episode. <laughs> Is she also like? I mean, we are not talking about further episodes, but she wears a similar coat when they become friends again at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. So mm, I feel like that's, that's like really like resonant with their friendship. Is that yeah. outfit? Yeah, or like a yeah. similar outfit. And. Well, and one thing that you could say about that, right? Like, if that is the type of outfit that Julia wears when she is, like, a happier, shiny... When she's the the first Julia, not the other Julia. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe... I mean, there's a couple things that, like, having that at the end um, would tell you. Because, like... Oh, God, spoilers. Well, um, how about this way? When she's happier, she's wearing more color. Mm-hmm. Just leave it at that for whatever yeah. reasons that she's happier. <laughs> um, okay, so I think that was most of what I had for fashion. Were there any things that you noticed or any just other details about the way it was shot or anything like that? I don't have too many. I mean, Marina looked amazing. She always does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All that leather. <laughs> and I'm all, I was also like, I'm missing Katie's like facial piercings and... Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hoping she gets that back eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so, too. Uh, I do remember, though, her 
her hair in season one, I'd totally forgotten that they'd done that, like, the, like, little braids on one side. So it's like a, yeah. it's almost like a fake undercut. It's, like, braided where you would have an undercut. Exactly. Um, they did that a lot in this season. Basically up until they went to uh, Break Bill South. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, that and, like, everything else disappears, but. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I think that's it for fashion. Um, I guess that probably brings us to uh, to MVPs and, and ratings. Yeah. Do you want to start with the MVP? I mean, I feel like it has to go to Jason. Just <laughs> That's really funny because I disagree with you, so tell me why. T- t- I mean, Jason just, like, it, it's a central episode to him. He's very, it like... Is. He puts a lot of emotion in places. Uh, like, there's that scene where they're telling, like, that where he's like, for, where they're first telling him that he, like, tried to kill his dad and he's just, like, freaking yeah. out. And just everything he does, down to, like, the musical number, it's just like, he's <laughs> that, that episode is just so Quentin solid. It is, it is a really um, Quentin-centric episode. But when, like, when I was watching this, I was originally like, yeah, of course it goes to Jason. But I found that when I was trying to think about what clips I wanted to do and whatever else, like, I kept getting drawn to scenes that Penny was in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized when I looked back, like, even though he's not in it as much, um, Arjun has a lot to do because he has to play this like caricature of himself that uh, is in uh, Quentin's nightmare. He has to play his actual self. And he has like, like he has a lot of different states of knowledge about like different things that are going on at various points. Um, And he has to like care. He has to like, he cares about Quentin enough to like not leave him stranded, but he still kind of hates Quentin. So I don't know. There's a lot going on. So I'm giving it to Arjun for this one. (laughs) <laughs> works. works yeah um and let's see what about ratings so you said you you started off not liking this so like but you you like it now so has it changed like has has what you would rate it changed over time i'd probably go with like a six out of ten Ooh, still harsh not, still not <laughs> one of my favorites uh but <laughs> I don't even know what I would have given it before just because I probably wasn't thinking about it, but it's yeah. a weird episode. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally understand if you don't, if you're not into the bottle episodes, into the one, one offs, this is definitely a one off. I like one offs sometimes if they serve a purpose in the long run. Um, mm-hmm. I do like this one more than I've liked like other ones on other shows. Like, but sometimes people write them really well. Like, where you just really get to know, like, one character. Mm. Like, there's this one episode in the show Girls uh, mm-hmm. that's just based around the character Marnie and her, like, ex-boyfriend, and they, they they hang out again for the first time in years, and it's just, like, it's one of the most beautiful episodes probably of the whole show, and it's, like, really deep. And, and yeah, this sad. is a lot about her character. Yeah, and I her character and then just like kind of what happened to this other character that just kind of like fell off screen. And it was, it was really interesting. Um, I like when it's like, it has to do a lot with a character. So, I mean, in this way it does with like Quentin, it's just like not real. So that's what's like weird about it. Yeah. Yeah. I can understand that. Well, all that said, I'm going to to turn your frown upside down and uh, turn your six into a nine. So I'm going to give it a nine out of 10. Damn. This was, this was like, 
This was my second favorite episode in this season. Um, my favorite episode is episode 12, um, which we will uh, get to talk about later um, in the summer. Uh, but it really was for me, I had the first few episodes of the show, I watched them basically purely out of loyalty to Lev. I was like, I love the books. I'm, a little, I'm pretty cranky about how it's being translated, but because I love the books and because I love the author of the books, I, I really want to see this show succeed, so I'm watching it even though I'm cranky about it. Um, this was the first episode where I didn't feel that way, where I felt like, oh, hey, I'm, I am genuinely interested in this show for what it is on its own. Um, and it was also the first episode where I sort of realized that they weren't, that like, that they were doing their own thing and that they were going to do their own thing and that it wasn't just a matter of like pure expedience that they had some ideas for like the kinds of plots that they wanted to expand on. Yeah. Um, so I liked that. I liked that they took a risk and, and for me it paid off. Yeah. I really hated this, the episode before this. <laughs> I remember, remember when we talked about it though. I think you gave it a higher rating. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> it's I, been a few I, months. <laughs> hated that episode. I also hate episode five, which we're about to get into. Uh, next <laughs> you know, next I hate week. episode five too. So uh, how, how about we call this the end of, of episode four? Yeah. Oh, Bye. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Mind slide. <laughs> <laughs>